Good morning. Oh, nice sunshiny day this morning. Liquids. Funny how the sunshine comes down through here in buckets and pots and pans. Oh, it's good to see everybody here this morning. For you folks out in uh, Facebook land, welcome to the uh, services of the Lexington Christian Church. We hope you get as much enjoyment out of our service as, uh, as we do. We uh, don't have too many announcements this morning. Most of them are self-explanatory. Uh, let's see, Miss Mary says we will not have Bible study this evening. We'll, uh, we'll start next week at 5 o'clock. And tomorrow, of course, is our uh, monthly business meeting. Starts at 6 and uh, ends whenever all the business is done. Mike. Uh, we will be having a fish fry this Friday. The fire department yeah. is having a fish fry this Friday evening. Right, yeah, I hope it does. Drive through, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mitch. we will we will begin our Thursday night Bible study again this Thursday night. Thursday night Bible study starts this Thursday. What time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. All right. What are you studying? What are you studying? Oh, uh, we're going through the uh, through the Bible. We're still in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Second Kings, I think. Second Kings. Okay. Good. Good. Jim. We'll meet just a short period after church. The lighting crew will meet. Short time after church today. Okay. I think it's the D lighting crew. D lighting, right? It's what the lightning. It's what the lightning bug said when he uh, backed into the fan blade. D lighted, no end. Never mind. Do we have any birthdays this week? No birthdays. No anniversaries. No anniversaries. Well, let's praise the Lord then. Continue praising the Lord. By turning to number 13. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Let's stand and sing.
Amen. And number 169, I need thee every hour. Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father in God, thank you that you've given us another day. Thank you that you've given us another year to worship and to serve you. Lord, we pray your blessings upon your people for this new year, 2022. In fact, Lord, I think that we should make our aim to make 2022 all about you. So Lord, help us to strive towards that goal. Everything we do should be considered after prayer. So Lord, help us. Bless us this morning with your presence. Lord, help us to grow so we can serve you better. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is uh, number 253, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
Morris has our meditation this morning. Good morning, and Happy New Year. New beginnings. The new year is typically a time for making resolutions, more often than not, resolutions that we really know we're not likely to keep. But at the same time, I'm sure that many of us can attest that new beginnings can work, and they don't always come at the beginning of the year. Many of us have experienced the difficulties that come with moving, say, moving to a new city. The obstacles can be daunting. Just getting around without getting lost is hard enough, and making new friends can also be challenging. While a new church may be exciting, it can also be hard and perhaps embarrassing at first trying to match names with faces. At the same time, the process of moving can provide an opportunity to start over without the baggage, both literal and figurative that we might want to leave behind. We aren't bound by the preconceptions of the people who knew us before. The opportunities for spiritual growth are certainly available, as I suspect many of us have experienced. The Lord's Supper celebrates the most significant new beginning in history because it reminds us that Jesus provided us with that new beginning by taking upon himself all that old baggage that each one of us cannot get rid of on our own. And he goes further than that. Jesus has taken upon himself all of our sins, thus allowing us to start fresh. Even more, God also fills us with his Holy Spirit, providing us with the strength to make that new beginning work. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can have a new beginning anytime we want to claim it. So today, we celebrate both Jesus' death and also our new life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for letting us gather around your table today in remembrance of the death of your son for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, as we partake of the emblems, please let us do so with a clean heart. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a few moments just to listen. See what instructions God might have for us. As Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover, Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, gave to each of them, saying, This is my body broken for you, eat ye of it. Likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus blessed it. <clears throat> and giving thanks, he passed it among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you.
stand for the doxology. Continue to, to praise the Lord by turning to number um, 337. In my heart there rings a melody. I have a song. Down, well, down there will be fine. Take two years for the uh, wise men to reach Jerusalem. The witch? To wise up. Wise up, yeah. <laughs> to wise up. So we finally made it. Thank you. 
Happy New Year. <clears throat> you know, we say that every year. Happy New Year. What does that say about the old year? Was it sad? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sure everybody who had COVID would agree. <laughs> oh, well, how many of you were up at midnight? And a couple, wow, brave souls. Uh, perhaps you have insomnia. <laughs> oh, I slept the new year in. All right, well, we're continuing through the New Testament. We're in the book of Mark, and we're ready for the second pericope in, in the uh, book of Mark beginning at verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Can't you see that in your mind? I mean, doesn't it just... Draw a picture, a word picture for you. Here, you know, uh, John had been baptizing and talking about baptism. And all of a sudden, then here comes Jesus. He comes up to to John to be baptized. And of course, we know from the story from other gospels, John's like, what? You want me to baptize you? I should be being baptized by you. And of course, Jesus says, it's good for us to fulfill all Things. So baptism is something that is necessary. It's something that is a part of the package. If Jesus was baptized and he had no sin, how much more should we be baptized to be cleansed of our sins? You see, in this story, there's so much. That's going on. Now, we know Mark started at a different spot than Matthew did. You know, he's not talking about the birth of Jesus or the birth of John the Baptist. As I pointed out last week, he just appeared. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. Uh, You know, and so now, at that time, as 
as John was baptizing and teaching that he baptizes with water, but he who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and I'm not even worthy to unloose the sandals, uh, the straps of his sandals, and touch his feet. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth into Galilee, and he himself was baptized by John in the Jordan. Now, it says just as Jesus was coming up out of the water. So we know that baptism is immersion. You go completely into the water. Sprinkling is not really the biblical sense of baptism. We have this story that tells us Jesus very clearly came up out of the water, which implies that at some point he went into the water. (laughs) Uh, We're not told that, but it's implied. And, you know, when we do that, we're told in Romans that it's symbolic of us dying to our sins. Then we're buried in the watery grave. And then we come up a new person in Christ. Now, he set that example for us. For him, it was different because we're told here in this next line that this was a sign that was given because he saw the, as he come up out of that water, he saw the heaven being torn open. I don't know what that would look like, but can you just... Look up and picture the heavens just, you see this guy just roll back and then you see other things that you never saw before. And all of a sudden here comes this spirit coming down, just floating and landing on Jesus and stays there, doesn't leave, comes on him and stays on him. And at the same time, you hear that voice of God that says, you are my son whom, in whom I am well pleased, whom I love. So we have here, <laughs> you know, there are people who want to say that it is false to teach of the Trinity of God, the three persons, one God, three persons. In this particular passage, we have all three personages present at the same time. How can you miss that? Jesus the Son is there. God the Father is in heaven speaking. And the Spirit is floating down. Landing on Jesus. So we have all three persons of the Godhead. The Trinity. That is present in this particular passage. For anyone to say that there is no such thing as three persons in God because that's three gods. I'm sorry, they just don't get it. They don't have faith. They don't understand how God is not one of us. He's different from us. He can have three persons. In a sense, we have three persons, me, myself, and I. Sometimes me and myself gets mad at I and we have an argument. (laughs) Been there? (laughs) you know you can't have that but I want it (laughs) Uh, so yeah but this message it makes it very clear who Jesus is God himself spoke from heaven and said this is my son my son people want to say you know He's not the son of God. He was just a good man or he was a good teacher or a good politician or whatever, you know. Uh, Doubtful that there's such a thing as that last statement. But, um, you know, Jesus was declared as the son by the father. He was also declared himself to be the son of God. And others understood that very clearly. There are those who try to say, well, Jesus never said he was the son of God. (laughs) There's many places where he claimed to be. Uh, And he also says that he loves him and that he's well pleased with him. You know, (laughs) 
I used to, at one time, I worked with children for a while. And uh, <laughs> one of the kids asked me, he said, well, if he loved him, why did he make him come here? <laughs> I never thought about that before. <laughs> Interesting question. I said, because he loves us too. And the kid couldn't quite grasp it, but hopefully later on he got it. But, you know, it tells us the very next thing that happened once the Spirit come on him, it says at once, immediately, the Spirit sent him out. Now, in the original language, it's more like he was compelled. He didn't have an option. It wasn't something he could prevent. The Spirit drew him into the wilderness. Why? So that he could go through this temptation by the devil. Now, uh, the word in the original Greek uh, here for temptation also means testing. Okay? It, it just depends on whose view you're looking at. If it's the devil, he's tempting you. If it's from God, he's testing you. Now, that same word can be applied at the same time. In other words, when we're going through some kind of temptation, the devil is trying to tempt us to do wrong, to fail. At the same time, God is allowing that as a test to see if we will be faithful. We often want to get angry and say, well, I got to go through this. Well, I got to go through that. Well, because that's how we grow. <laughs> that's how we grow. And that's how we learn to trust God more. If everything was easy, we would have no reason to call on God, would we? That's the reason why when things get good, like they have in America, we turn our back on him. Nation Israel did the same thing. Everything was good. They, were, they had plenty and who needs God? And they started worshiping false gods. But here in the wilderness is the battle of battles. I mean, just stop and think about that. This is God in the flesh fighting Satan. This is a spiritual battle. They didn't come to blows with one another. But here... The devil himself, and, and the, the word devil means accuser. Satan means he's a destroyer. And so here he is facing off Jesus. You stop and think about the history here. Throughout time, Satan has tried to destroy Jesus. He's tried to prevent him from coming. He tried to kill him after he was born. He tried to hurt him through his people, the Jews, many times, over and over. And now he's facing him face to face. And he's thinking, if I can just get him to sin one time, this is over. Why? Because the title deed to the planet Earth is up for grabs. Right now, it's been handed over to Satan. Satan temporarily has... Control. That's the reason why he's called the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had given them the title deed to the earth. He had made them the ones who were to enforce and, and rule over everything. But the moment that they decided to obey Satan instead of God, they handed that over to him. They forfeited what they had been given to Satan. And that's the reason why Satan could come to Jesus in this time of temptation and say, see all of this, I can give it to you if you will but bow down and worship me. See, he was crafty, clever. He's trying to offer Jesus shortcuts well, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through all this. All you got to do is bow down to me. I'll give you everything. You can rule the way you want anyway, and you won't have to die. 
It's a shortcut. But he knew his purpose. He knew his mission. He knew what the word of God said because he is God. He knows what he's got to do. So he puts Satan in his place. Get thee behind me, Satan. And he used scripture. And every time he was tempted, he used the scripture. Why? Because in the first two, at least, Satan also used scripture. But he took it out of context. He changed it just a wee little bit. But Jesus corrected it and told it the way it is. And that is how we overcome temptation. Because every time we're tempted, it's a lie being told. And often he will try to base that lie on a partial truth. And that makes it sound okay. You know? Homosexuals, it's just another form of love. It's love. God is love, and we love each other. So what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that God says it's wrong. Just like two people that are heterosexual living together that aren't married. God says that's wrong. (laughs) Don't do it. And yet, what do we do? We do exactly what we want and ignore what he says. Then comes the day when we have to deal with it. I can just imagine Satan as he was facing off Jesus. And he sees him in his weakened state after being 40 days without food. Weakened. In the flesh, but strong in the spirit. But I can see this sly smile on the serpent's face. Hey, how you doing, Jesus? Good to see you. Finally meet you in the flesh. And that was the key to it. He thought he could appeal to the flesh that Jesus was in. That body of flesh was weak. And it had been even more weak because he hadn't eaten or drank for 40 days and 40 nights. And so he thought, (laughs) I got him. I got him. I'll offer him a shortcut. Way out. Praise God it didn't work. (laughs) Jesus knew what was right And he knew he had to do it. And that brings a question. You know, this is a new year, new beginnings. And here Jesus is beginning his ministry. This is the first, the beginning, a new part of his life. He's beginning his ministry. He's been baptized, filled with the Spirit. He's going through these major challenges. But after he overcomes then he has the right to proclaim the word of God. And so here he's starting his new venture. He knows the difficulties that he's going to face because he knows, he says, I know what's in people. I know what's in man. He knows our arrogance. He knows our pride. He knows that many will reject him just because they can. (laughs) He knows that the devil has convinced many that, oh, he's just another man. I mean, look, you know his mom and his dad and his brothers and sisters. You know that he's just a man just like you. There's no reason for you to put any faith in him. He's just a man. Shoot, this thing right here. You shouldn't listen to that. That was written by men. Yeah, maybe. But the words come directly from God. You know, like I said, it's a new year. A new beginning for us. 
it's time for the church to think about where we're going. What's our purpose? How are we going to make 2022 better and different than 2021 or 2020, 2019 was? How can we, as the church, the body of believers, how can we do better? Like Jesus, we know our mission. He gave us our mission, our commission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've taught you. We've been given the divine spirit of God to live in us, to help us, to achieve what he's commanded us to do. Does the devil want us to do it? Nope. Is he going to... Cause you to be afraid you can't speak to people? Yep. Is he going to cause you to think you shouldn't do this because? Yep. Is he going to try to make you think that this is not your job, it's the preacher's job? Yep. When the good, when the, the good Lord gave the great commission, he didn't give it to preachers. He gave it to his disciples. All disciples. None of us are going to stand before him that day with an excuse to say, well, I wasn't a preacher, so I didn't. I, I didn't know how, so I didn't. Uh, you remember the story of the, the servants with the talents, the one who only had one? He did nothing with it. He was cast out into outer darkness because he was a worthless servant. New year. New beginning. We know what we're supposed to do. Are we going to be like Christ and do it? Are we going to let the devil convince us to sit back and relax and just let the world literally go to hell? Because we were too busy in our life or too good or too this or too that to share the love of God with other people. You know, in my prayer, I said, we need to make 2022 all about you, all about Jesus, all about him. And that's my challenge to this church this year. Let's live for him and obey him. Obey his commission, obey his commands. Let's do what he says to the best of our ability. Will there be challenges? You bet. Will there be failures? Absolutely. But that don't make you a failure. It just means that we have to try again. Every person that we share the gospel with is not going to just fall on their knees and cry out, Oh, God, save me! It would be nice if it worked that way. But the truth is, most of them are going to laugh at you or snicker or... They may be polite to your face, but the moment you're gone, you're going to tell everybody, there goes a nut there. The majority of people are going to say no to Jesus, not yes. But that's okay, because if we get that one, if we get that one. But you see, if after being rejected two or three times, we quit and say it's useless, we'll never get that one. And if we follow, learn to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he'll guide us to that one. And we'll be more effective. But we have to learn by reading his word. We have to grow by spending time alone with God. Time in prayer. Not just talking, but also listening. And then do what he says. Brother Bob, if you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Our invitation hymn this morning is uh, number 368, Whiter Than Snow. Let's stand and sing.
Amen. Uh, got a little feedback there. Yeah. Levi, come on up here. Got your new member packet. Finally, I got the packet, and he's here, so we can get this done. <laughs> you can sit down. All right. Here's you uh, a, a new Bible. Okay. And uh, here's a folder with your membership, baptismal certificate, and some other stuff to awesome. help you along the way. Thank you. Ah, love you, son. <laughs> Welcome to the family. 